begins with this gate drop. Hello, everyone. Welcome once again to the Power to the Ground podcast. I'm Steve. With me, as always, is Jesse. What's up, dude? I'm doing awesome, and I can't believe the amount of engagement that we got on this poll. Apparently, people either love or hate James Stewart or Ricky Carmichael. So, <laughs> I mean, I'd be a love and hate. Well, it's uh, it's definitely polarizing. That's for sure. Um, we are going to get into that. We're going to go pick up on part two of our greatest writers of all time, probably focusing on mostly those two, but maybe a few little things in here. And uh, we'll start talking about some other things, maybe what's going on next week with the Monster Energy Cup, and introduce a new poll for the week. But first, let's get to some spots. Thank you for tuning into the Power to the Ground podcast. Check us out on Instagram, where we share race highlights, and we record this podcast on Instagram Live every Sunday morning. Also, Visit our website, www.power2theground.com, where you can check out some merch, and don't forget to sign up for our email list for giveaways, news, and to get notified every time we upload a new podcast. So before we get into uh, today's podcast, um, there's a special shout-out that we wanted to do. Um, somebody who we greatly appreciate listening to all of our podcasts. So uh, uh, Jesse, why don't, you, why don't you go ahead and give that up? Yeah, so uh, uh, one of my buddies, uh, Sean Delaire, who um, he is the, I can't remember, I think he's the president of Left, Right, Straight, which is a veterans uh, nonprofit. I served with him in the Marine Corps, but he spoke with me uh, recently and let me know that his dad, Stuart Delaire, is a listener, and he has apparently listened to all of our podcasts. So I wanted to go ahead and give him a quick shout out. And uh, if you guys want us to give anybody else a shout out that you know loves this podcast, please feel free to hit us up on Facebook and we'll do a shout out for him. So thank you very much, Stuart. Stuart, appreciate it, man. Thank you so much. Uh, and really all the listeners that, that have been taking the time to listen to us, you know, spew our stuff about motocross. It's uh, I really appreciate it because it, you know. It's more. It makes pressing the record button worth it. We're gonna have these conversations anyway, but pressing record and loading it up for other people to enjoy and to engage with us, you know, um, knowing that there are people who, who are really into what we're doing here is is super rewarding. So thank you all, uh, especially Stuart today. Um, speaking of Stuarts, <laughs> wow. We uh, you see that? Yeah, I'm getting good at this, aren't there. I? Yeah. <laughs> so the poll recap. We put out a poll last week. Uh, right after the podcast at part one of our greatest ever, where, as you know, Jesse made the controversial claim that James Stewart was the greatest motocross rider of all time over Ricky Carmichael, who he put in second. Uh, so we decided to put it out there to all of you. And uh, so the poll was, who is the most talent? Who is the more talented rider, Ricky Carmichael or James Stewart? Uh, we got those results there, Jesse? Yes, we do. We've got those results. And uh, we have in favor of... Ricky Carmichael, 56. In favor of James Stewart, we have 44. Um, at the time of this recording, that poll is still up for a couple more hours. I don't anticipate that they're, they're going to shift much more. It's been kind of hanging around between, uh, you know, like 55, 60% for Carmichael for a while now. Um, which to me, I'm not going to lie, is a little bit surprising. But I think there's a reason why it's as, actually even as close as it is. Um, I think if you would put that poll up and said greatest... 
instead of most talented, yeah. we'd have a probably 80% for Carmichael um, as far as public opinion goes. Yeah. But when you put talented up there, it's 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 difficult to argue to get, argue against James Stewart. So it was, a, it was a little bit closer than I thought. I don't know what you necessarily were expecting, but I thought it was going to be a little bit more in favor of Carmichael. Uh, um, I think because of the word talented, I I assumed that it would probably be somewhere around that fifty percent range, and I think that's you know we got a, um, a little bit more in favor of Ricky Carmichael, but it, I think it's still in the range from what I was expecting. What I think would be interesting going forward is to actually do this poll again, but reframe it the way that you that you say and see what happens. And see if the time. numbers change a little bit. We're not going to do it this week, obviously. No, we have a, we have a pretty fun poll set up for for this week. But actually, let's keep that in mind for the future. Let's go back and, and just change that wording and see if the numbers differ because I think they do. I, I I think they skew a little bit more towards Carmichael if you if you reframe it. All right, I'm looking um, forward to that. So. Uh, we got some great engagement on the poll. Thank you all, you know, for participating, sharing, commenting. You know, there was some great, great points, some great perspectives on the poll. In fact, uh, we wanted a feature one here. Um, it was uh, Ethan Stallman. Yep, Ethan Stallman. Um, he got in contact with us on a group that we shared this in called uh, Monster and Supercross Fans Fight Club. Um, it's a fun, pretty engaged group here. Um, but Ethan commented on this poll and he said i would say that james stewart has more natural talent than any other motocross or motorcycle racer in the history of the sport he could do things that just deceived logic and made absolutely no sense he was by far the most exciting rider to throw a leg over a bike and every time he was riding you knew he was going to leave it all out there <coughs> you're going to witness something magical on the other hand oh i'm sorry the punctuation here. On the, uh, you were going to witness something magical. On the other hand, Ricky Carmichael was the hardest working person to ever throw a leg over a motorcycle, and it proved itself time and time again. What James Stewart did with natural talent, Ricky Carmichael did with sheer grit and determination, and determination, which is why today he is known as the GOAT. Both riders are incredible in their own right, but in my opinion, it's like compa- comparing apples and oranges. So great comment, um, and I think that really highlights the differences between Ricky Carmichael and James Stewart perfectly. Yep. I mean, James is so just so talented and fast, and he really did. We've said it a few times on this podcast. Sometimes the thing he does just defied logic. The handlebars dragging in the dirt as he's just opening up the throttle going around a corner was unbelievable. Um, but yeah, few riders have ever been able to match Ricky Carmichael's work ethic, and I think that's why his 12 championships versus you know James's was it five, five total yeah. two indoor three outdoor um i think that's where that difference comes in is the, is the work ethic yeah i think the the work ethic and i think the uh uh the other thing that we were talking about which was he he wrote he wasn't even riding close to the edge he was always riding over the edge and um that i think that was that played a part in why he had such injury problems. Greatest strength, greatest weakness. Yeah, you know, that's, and that's, that's what it was. So, it, with that being said, you know, we, uh, uh, Ethan said comparing apples to oranges, which I don't think necessarily is the case. I understand where he's, what he's saying, but um, what we should probably do before we continue into part two of this is define the criteria that we're going to use for this, right? We I don't think we did a good enough job when we created these top five lists of defining what greatest was, vice talented or just best writer or whatever so for me when i put together this list my idea of greatest was um this kind of all-encompassing 
idea of not just fastest, not just most talented, but most consistent, hardest working. Um, championships play a big part when you're for me when you're looking in, in at the big scope of and picture of things. So when you take all of that into account, the entire writer's career and all the aspects of that career that led them to winning as much as they did, because at the end of the day, it is about winning. Right. And Ricky did that more than anybody. Um, talent is only a small slice of that. So when I did that list, that's what I was looking at. When we put this poll out, we said most talented. Right. I I don't know if this is me backtracking or not, but I do th- think that James Stewart is the flat out most gifted, talented, just pure speed, holy crap rider that has ever, ever ridden. I'm not denying that, even though I voted for Ricky to prove a point <laughs> on the poll. <laughs> I do. I think that James is the pure most talented. But I can't in good conscience say that that makes James Stewart the greatest because he didn't win 12 championships. He rode so far on the edge that the things that made him fastest again were also the things that kept him from winning by via injury or crashes or whatever, whatever the case is. And Ricky's work ethic just continuously put him above all the competition. And had he been able to stretch his prime for any number of years after after he was able to call it another four or five years, he may have won another three, four or five championships because he was just that good at continuously pushing his level. So I think greatest and talented, If do you agree that greatest and talented do encompass kind of different different questions? Yeah, you know what? And um, the, the more I... So the more I kind of look at this, I'm totally on board with you. And it really comes down to how you frame it. Yeah. There's, cause there's, you could go through these two in several from looking at them from several different perspectives and you could come out with a different answer depending on what the words are that you use. Right. So absolutely. When you, when you have, when you have to factor in the results into, um, your definition, you can't argue that Ricky Carmichael is the greatest ever. If if that's what you're doing, you're factoring in the results. Soon, I, I think though, as soon as and it didn't pan out in the um, the poll results, but we did get like it was like 800 comments total on this. And when you read through the comments, the comments as far as applying it to what we actually asked, definitely definitely lean towards. James Stewart. Well, and that's the thing. I think the comments and and the people who took the poll did what we're kind of doing now is they reframed it for themselves, right? right? Um, the poll said who is the more the more talented rider, um, and so many of the comments said, "Well, James was the more talented rider, but right. when you look at championships, work ethic, and all these other things, so they kind of did exactly what we're doing on their right. own, even though they may have voted for Carmichael because you know you, it's tough to." It's tough to differentiate because you and I had trouble doing that last week. I'm sitting here arguing that Ricky Carmichael is the greatest motocross rider ever. And you're like, no, it's James Stewart. But we're talking about two different things. right? Um, so that's why I thought it was important to define. So under that criteria, because again, racing is about winning. Yeah. Ricky Carmichael is the greatest overall, overall the greatest motocross rider to ever get on a bike. So we, what, what you're saying is we both agree entirely on both of our premises a hundred percent okay a hundred percent yeah when well, you when you're all encompassing it's ricky carmichael when you're talking about pure talent i don't think you can argue against james stewart the dude was just unbelievable yeah i hundred percent agree and thank you ethan very much for your contribution to this and it was very eloquently put i think it summarized what we're talking about here which is these two 
we're so good at what what they do that it really depends on how you frame the question depending that that really uh determines the answer i'm gonna do it and i know we've got listeners from all over the place so if you hate the patriots i apologize and i'm not gonna go too deep into a football thing but really from what i read from all these comments people kind of equate ricky carmichael to a a tom brady-esque uh figure tom brady was a six-round draft pick not the best arm not the most talented not in the best shape like he wasn't the best at anything right but the guy works harder than anybody else in the league has ever worked right. for 20 years now. And here we are sitting here, the dude sitting on six six Super Bowl championships and is considered the greatest quarterback. Aaron Rodgers is more talented than Tom Brady, but I would never pick Aaron Rodgers in a draft over Tom Brady for over the course of a career. Right. I would never do it. And I think that actually Rodgers and Brady is probably as close to a comparison between James Stewart and uh, Ricky Carmichael as we can get, right? If, you, if I were to draft, quote-unquote, uh, Rodgers... For one season, I'll take Stewart. I'll take Stewart to the chances on Stewart that he doesn't crash and just wrecks everybody for a whole season. You ask me to draft for a career, I'm taking Ricky Carmichael every time. Yeah. Um, you know, the taking the chances on Stewart, as I've been watching these poll results, I've also been going on YouTube and, and just watching uh, James Stewart highlights. And, and I found a funny thing happens in a lot of these highlights. Um, like a quarter of these, so like three quarters of these highlights are James just doing incredible things, like jumping <laughs> over, jumping over the top of somebody when they're doing a double, and he's like, you know what, I'm doing a triple, and he jumps over them, like literally over them, to to make a pass. Um, so yeah, like three quarters of these highlights are him doing just incredible things, and about a quarter of these highlights are him just crashing out so hard that he the race is over for him and then him if not the season depending on the crash and then you know some of them are just showing him uh riding riding off off the uh and there was one in supercross where he had crashed out in uh in a rhythm section when he was battling i think he was battling chad reed and uh, which those two got into some heated stuff. Um, one of my fa- one of my absolute flat out favorite rivalries in this sport ever was Reed and Stewart. Yeah, like oh that they, because the, they just wasn't hurt each other. Like the Ryan's right, right? The Ryan's right. The Ryan's had this like professional courtesy rivalry where right. like they were fighting for a championship, but they were very respectful about it. Yeah. They understood that the other person had their strengths and weaknesses and that, and they, they kind of went back. Reed and Stewart hated each other. There was a visceral, personal hatred yeah. between these two that showed on the track with it. They did not care. They, if they did were, not care. And, was... and to the point, the, to the point, and there's actually a lot of highlights of Reed and Stewart. And it was to the point where when they were racing each other, it was almost as if um, they were saying in their head, I don't care if I take out both of us just as long as you don't finish right. in front of me. I don't want to win. I want you to not win. Right. Which is <laughs> so, I mean, incredible, awesome rivalry. Like yeah. so entered from an entertainment standpoint, you really, it doesn't get much better than that. No, no, it doesn't. So that, that was my, that was my, my interesting finding was on YouTube that there is a healthy portion of James Stewart, um, highlights that are just dedicated to him crashing out of races because they were just so 
over the top because yeah. everything he did was over. And, you know, sometimes that led to some really, really fun races. Do you remember Atlanta in 2014? It's, I, I say that off the top of my head because I will never forget that race where, I mean, he's a little bit, obviously, 2014. He's not nearly in his prime anymore. But, you know, he still just every once in a while showed that old school right. speed. And that was a race where he kind of he crashed out early in the race. Yeah. And he came for, I it was like 16th or 17th like halfway through the race and just kept charging and charging. And we thought, okay, there's enough time here. By the end of the race, maybe, you know, a lap or two left, he can catch the first. He might actually be able to win this thing. Right. He did that with like five minutes left. There was still like three or four laps left. He passed and he was gone. He won with like by like an eight second lead after having been like 17th halfway through the race. Yeah. Unbelievable. We wouldn't have been able to see a comeback like that if it weren't for him crashing out. So double-edged sword but at least i got some entertainment out of that i'll never forget that race that that was really funny Uh, the 2014 thing you said he's well well past his prime and it just made me think of that toby keith song i'm not as good as i once was (laughs) but i'm as good once as i ever that night was that was that was like vintage you know old school james stewart just shining through again and then obviously the rest of that season he was really i don't even think he finished that season yeah uh, but for that one night we got a little bit of vintage jace <laughs> too so wow <laughs> that song's gonna be stuck in my head the rest yeah, of the day you go. thanks you're thanks, welcome everybody appreciate it thank you hopefully um, we don't get hit with a copyright infringement so let's uh let's let's throw a little bit of a wrench in here um and i want to i want to introduce some new um some new, some new criteria here. Not, or not necessarily criteria, but some new things in here to kind of maybe change the discussion and the direction going. Because we kind of come to an agreement, right? Yeah. Uh, uh, we, we, depending on how you frame the question is what answer you get, right? right? So we understand that. Um, sticking with overall greatest, what I want to do is introduce names like Eli Tomac into yep. this conversation. But with that comes some caveats, right? Right. Um, so we're going to get to that right after we take this break. Eli Tomac is so polarizing. Yes. He is so polarizing. And so the reason we're bringing this up is in relation to the poll and to this discussion of greatest of all time, it's not. It's really not random, is his name was thrown out in some of those comments on that poll, was it not? Yes, it was, especially in the last couple of days. thought it was incredibly interesting. Like, nowhere, nowhere is this guy's mentioned, and his, this guy's name mentioned anywhere. But in the comments, you read through them, Somebody would just randomly drop Tomac. Or somebody would say, in the future, the answer will be Tomac. You know, there there was several several of those comments. Yeah, that came just up. throwing in that name and and that well let's go there, right? Let's let's do this. So first of all, I want to get this out of the way. There tends to be a bias towards what you're seeing now. Um how many times have we seen great teams in sports doing things, breaking records and and having unbelievable runs and all this stuff. And like, is, and the question always comes up, is this the greatest ever? Is this the greatest ever? And then maybe a couple years down the road, you go, Hmm, that was really good, but they definitely, you know, the, this golden state warriors team was not as good as that, as that bulls team. No one is ever going to be as good as that bulls. You know what I mean? Right. But in that moment, they were the best ever. So it's easy. I think to look now and see what Eli is able to do in outdoors and just the pure speed and talent that he does absolutely possess. And 
frame it as, oh my God, is he does he deserve to be in the conversation for best ever? I don't think we're going to have a really definitive like yes or no to that question until maybe after he's done, obviously depending on the championships he wins. But let's go with just the talented thing, right? Yep. As opposed to take out the championships, it's pure talent. Right now, I think it's easy to put him in a, com- in a conversation with someone like James Stewart. Is that a bias towards the present, do you think? Um, no, I don't think it's a bias towards the present. And But my my feeling on Eli Tomac, I mean, we talked about James Stewart and Ricky Carmichael. Uh, I place Eli Tomac really right in between those two guys. I mean, he for sure has the work ethic that Ricky Carmichael has. I can't discount this guy. I mean, I do think he's the evil overlord, but um, I can't discount his work ethic. He... He is constantly, constantly working on his craft, and um, and it shows. But on the other hand, the thing that he has that he shares in common with James Stewart, he's got the work ethic that Ricky Carmichael has, but he has this athletic ability um, where he is he is a strong he's just a strong person. He can put the bike wherever he, he can wants. Put the bike wherever he wants and. A lot of these, a lot of these motocross riders that you see, um, they're good. You you can't take away their athletic ability. I mean, they're incredible with cardio. But a lot of them are are small guys. They don't spend a lot of time doing too much weight training, um, at least strength training. They might do weight training, but not necessarily strength training. Uh, Eli Tomac clearly does a lot of strength training, especially on his legs, and that that is what allows him to do things like stand up on the pegs when he is doing a a um 90 degree turn or even or even a hairpin turn where everybody else is sitting down on the seat right, kind of putting back the leg the out bike. he is standing up on the pegs leaning the bike over completely maintaining all his speed and momentum right so his physical ability allows him to do things that other people flat out aren't doing and i can a la see James that. Stewart right and I can see I can see that he does that. So I don't know if it's a present bias, um, because there's a there's a lot of things that he shares in common with the. I think we've we've agreed he shares in common with the two greatest riders of, of all, all time. time. Um. So I don't think it's a present bias. I think it's. I think we're just. I think we're seeing somebody who is just that good, and. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see how he's because I he's really come into his own as far as uh, running his races. I mean, you've seen it. It's three in a row now, or is it four in a row for outdoor? Wasn't it four outdoor? Because there's so, only yeah, four, four, four. Was there outdoor. three riders who have won four in a row? Three who run <laughs> who won four in a row. Yes. So he's won four in a row and got barely edged out for every Supercross season. In between. And so there it is, right? And now now we come to kind of this whole... I completely agree with everything you said. The work ethic of Carmichael with the natural gifting of a James Stewart and speed of a James Stewart, you would think would make for a transcendent, unbelievable rider who just dominates the sport for his whole career. Eli has not quite done that. So what's missing, right? What is What is it that James and Ricky had that Eli doesn't? And for me... It's the it factor, the clutch factor, because it for me that factors into it. You know, when it when it comes down to when it's a gotta have it race, when it's a you better not finish below third in this race, these guys 
had that it factor, especially in the championship seasons. Now, James obviously had so many crashes. Right. So I, but I don't think his was in lack of an it factor. I think was his was riding over the edge. When Eli has an absolutely gotta have it supercross race, like the uh, the last Dungey Championship, when he just went on that tear, what is it? It's a ridiculous amount of wins in a row. Um, he had started off the season either hurt or he missed a few races, and he came back and just rattled off wins like it was nobody's business. We're like, dude can catch Ryan Dungey, right? And he made it close by the end, and we're coming up and it was like a, a race or two left in the season, and it was a gotta have it race, right? It was a you got to finish high in this race to keep your chances alive you gotta have it and it was some stupid washout like little mistake that put him down and took him down you know out of the top 10 and i remember you and i both going oh eli doing eli things again because for all of his gifting for all of his work ethic he has yet to be able to find that it factor the clutch gotta have it so i'm gonna get it factor that some of the greatest have now, is that something that can be learned, or is that just a natural, like, he's just going to be played with that? I mean, Peyton ended up winning one, right? Like, right. Uh, and he was played with that same thing. So It's funny, because his brother's name is Eli, and he suffers from the exact opposite <laughs> condition. Right. Yeah, right. Eli, <laughs> Eli Manning is terrible, terrible, unless you put him in a Super Bowl. Right. Um, so, I don't know. I think that Eli can probably break through that, right? I think... For me, I think there's a mental block. There's some kind of floodgate there. There's a dam that's been holding him back in Supercross. He gets in his own head. And when Eli gets in his own head, he is the only person that can stop him. The only person that can beat Eli in a season is Eli. If he wins one, just one, he's young enough. My bet is he rattles off a few in a row. Uh, yeah, I think that's what he's got to do is he's, he's got to break that, that floodgate. Um, I do disagree with you on the it factor. I think he does have the it factor. I think whatever whatever is his problem is Supercross specific because okay, I have seen him win that must win race in motocross over and over and over, over again. I mean, he has won four in a row, right? <laughs> so, um, and it, it it's not like he's just running away with these immediately. You know, halfway through the season. He, he, I mean, there's been a couple of times when even Muskin has been close to him where he needs... Muskin was close. Roxon was tied with him after the first yeah. four races of this, this he's, last season. So he's had must-win opportunities put in front of him in the outdoor series that he has had no problem putting away, um, for especially for the last four years. So whatever his problem is, is definitely Supercross-specific. And I think it has a lot to do with the way that Supercross is set up. Um, and we've, we've talked about this a little bit in the past. I think in Supercross, you're in, you're, you're in a stadium where everybody who is at that event is all of their sound is being funneled directly at you. Yeah. You're on a rockstar stage. Right. So, um, and that's not the same as it is an outdoor and outdoor it's spread out. You can only hear maybe a couple dozen people yelling at at any given time. As opposed to in Supercross where you can hear tens of thousands of people yelling at a single time. And I think that is where this comes into. And you can see this guy in his press conferences. He is not the rock star type. Right. He is the exact opposite of Jeremy McGrath where or Jeff Emig. Jeff yeah. Emig is it's the perfect it. one. Jeff I Emig, wanted to be a rock star, I wanted not to an be athlete. A, right. I wanted to be a rock star, not an athlete. And here's Eli Tomac on the exact opposite side, you know. 
he'd rather just race and not talk and maybe even do it with nobody around. Right. <laughs> then, uh, then I think he, if, if Supercross had no spectators, I, for some reason, I think Tomac would do a lot better. I think you might have been able to say that maybe in his first few seasons. But that's got to be something now. He's he's not a rookie. He's not even close to being a rookie anymore. Like at what point do you kind of that's just that that's part of your job you kind of get used to it. I think that while that might have been the case, I don't even disagree <clears throat> that that might have been the case at one point. <clears throat> Excuse me. I think now it's psychological. Yeah. I think now I think now when Supercross season starts, I feel like Eli gets in his own head and he holds himself back and he causes his own issues. It may have started because of that, but I don't think here now, after how many races has he won, how many times has he just flat out dominated in front of these crowds right. where that shouldn't be an issue anymore? Oh, I, I can win in front of these people. I can ignore these people. So maybe the first rookie season, it's like, oh my God, this is kind of this is, this is yeah. pressure, you know? And then maybe that caused or helped contribute to the mental block, but I feel like it was likely... One or one instance, right, of when he had to have it in Supercross, and one of the few times. Not everybody does it all the time. Even Tom Brady's throwing his interceptions to lose games. You know, right. um, just he's my go-to example, I right. guess. Um, that you know, maybe there was that time he had to have it in Supercross and didn't, and now that's in his head. Yeah. That's it. He's got a psychological block in his head where he doubts himself when he has to have it in Supercross. He doubts himself. Crap, is it going to happen again? Am I going to go down in the whoops? Am I going to be able to take this? Right. Should, I, should I go for this triple or something? Am I going to case this? Oh my God. And he gets his own, in his own head. He forces his own mistakes. He doesn't have that because it's never happened to him in outdoor. But when it comes to Supercross, for me, it's got to be psychological. It's got to be. Yeah. And I agree with you. I mean, I think we just took two two possible variables and just completely discredited <laughs> them for each other. So, so again, so what is it? Like, what is it with it? We know, right, if we were to put this poll out again and add a third option, who's the most talented rider, Carmichael, Stewart, or Tomac? I'm not saying that Tomac wins that poll, but he steals some votes, he steals does some he votes. not? Yeah, he's got to steal some votes. Because yeah. he's so good. And anybody who made the argument that, well, Carmichael is a harder worker, I don't think you can make that same argument against Eli Tomac. Right. So then Tomac has to get the votes there too. But when you're talking about greatest, he's got, yeah, he's got four, but they're all outdoor. Hasn't right. won a single thing indoor. And wh- where does that, where does that put him? Right? Like where, where is he now? And where does he go if he starts winning Supercross championships? Right. So I, that's, He's got to win the first Supercross championship. I agree. Once he figures out whatever his problem is with Supercross, um, I think he's got a couple of years until um, he has a couple of these guys from the 250 class who are both super talented, super physically talented, and also have an incredible training program behind them. I'm sorry. Tomac is he is a he's a leg above everybody else because he has those two things, but he's not gonna have the he's not gonna be the only one with those two things forever. But he if he puts this together and he gets that supercross championship, yeah, he's gotta he's gotta be put into the conversation. I don't know where he's it depends on what the results are. You yeah, know, the that, that's a good point too. So let let me put it like this for me. If Tomac wins this one and we have this same discussion of greatest when we do the all-encompassing thing next year, Tomac at least cracks my top five with one Supercross championship. Yep. 
one, I put him in my top. He probably knocks out like McGrath. Yep. Um, I, I can't not put him there. I think you had McGrath as four and Dungy as five, so maybe he knocks out Dungy for you. I, yeah, I mean, I think he's got to knock out. I think he's got to knock out Dungy. Yeah, because Dungy. Um, yeah, he's got to knock out Dungy. So uh, either way, our, our number five riders get knocked out if yeah. two, just with one. So now imagine if he rattles off two or three. Right. Right. And you know he's. You know he hasn't won his last. Outdoor. outdoor. Right. So now his numbers start climbing. Right. I, he has the potential for me still in his career if he just puts it together. All of that talent, all of that work ethic, and then just breaking through his 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 block in yeah. Supercross. He has the potential for me. I I would say for me the ceiling for Eli Tomac is two. All right. For greatest. If if, if let me ask this question. Okay. If Eli Tomac was able to um, eliminate that block four years ago, are we talking about eight total uh, championship Eli Tomac right now? I think we are. I think so. Too. I think we are. And if we're talking about eight total, I'm sorry, I know Ricky had twelve. Yeah. If we're talking about eight total, four in a row, both indoor and outdoor, that level of dominance and what we know about his pure talent and work ethic, right. is he not number one? Or damn I mean, close to let's it? Let's look let's look back at Supercross. All right. So last year he got edged out by Webb. Yep. The year before that he got edged out by Anderson. Yep. The year before that he got edged out by Dungey. Dun- that was Dungey's last year. Yeah, and the year before that, he it was got edged out by Dungey. <laughs> so, yeah, I, and and they were close. All yeah. of them were close. Especially Dungey's last year, because yeah. that was the one I was talking about. He just, he he was so far out, and he just somehow gave himself a chance uh, at the end of that season, even if it was kind of a long shot at you know well, at some point. Even, um, yeah, the, the last one, because uh, going into the season that Anderson won, they had, they... Over that off season, they changed the point system, and if you had right, they applied, changed it because of Eli. Right, if you had applied the new point system to the year prior, Eli's a Eli champion. would have won that championship. Yep. Yeah. So that's how close it was. That's how close. I mean, it was. the point system wasn't completely revamped. It was the changing in the top few. The it was spread in the top. It few. was instead. I think it was instead of twenty five points 26. for the, it was twenty six for the top. The top spot. Which, uh, you know, you and I have discussed point systems. I think rewarding somebody more for winning is absolutely necessary. Yeah. You know, making up uh, these people who argue for a one for one point system, um, the only thing I think you're not taking into account there is it is more difficult to pass from 10th to 9th than it is from 2nd to 1st. But right. both of those only give you one more point. Yeah. So, and this is something that you and I are going to get into. The point system is something we're going to get into. Um, at some point, we'll probably sure. spend an entire podcast because we could totally I don't, can. I don't think it's the system. I personally think it's a lack of talent. Uh, Ooh, calling out the riders. Oh man, yeah. No. Uh, well, I would. I would. Oh, we're gonna. Yeah, we're gonna go down. We're gonna go down. There. Let's save this for later. All right, we're, but just just as a quick rebuttal, and then we'll that'll set up a good. The next time we talk about this, we'll come back to what yeah. we're saying right now. Just a quick rebuttal. I don't think it's a lack of talent. I think it is the team and factory support of said talent. Because I think if you give Ooh. factory support and high level support to some of these riders that routinely finish around say tenth, they have a chance to win all of these races with the same with the same support. <sighs> all right, we're going to get into All right, this we got one. ourselves a good topic. And if you, hey, if you if if you're listening you want to weigh in on that topic, hit us up on the Facebook because uh I think that's that's a really interesting discussion because I just think that 
these are all from one to twenty-two or one to forty in the outdoors. These are professionals. Yeah. And to be a professional, you have to be in the top, like, really small percent of riders on the planet. Right. So what separates 20 from 1? These are really that much of a gap. And I personally don't think so talent-wise that there's that much of a gap. I think it's a factory support issue. So we're going to get into that discussion. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, yeah, let's digress. Let's give that. <laughs> so, Eli, let's, let's set up let's, – what do you say we set up the poll for next week? Because – not surprisingly, it has to do with Mr. Eli. Yeah. Um, do you think – so here's the poll question. Here, here's the poll question we're going to put out there, and it's kind of along the lines of what we're talking about, and I want to see what everybody thinks. Does a super cross – does a one or more, however you want to put it, one, more, whatever, but I'll say does one or more super cross championships put Eli Tomac on, we'll call it, top five list of greatest riders ever? I like this. I like this poll. I, yeah. I Because for me, the answer is unequivocally yes. Yeah, one, for me. One, one for me puts him in fifth. When he starts winning more than one, because, again, if he wins one for me, yeah. it's floodgates. I think he has the potential to climb up to probably number two. Yeah. I think for me, it's his ceiling because he's already had these few years without. Um, I don't know how many he can win that would convince me he's better than Carmichael. But. Yeah. Um, I think. I think if you if he wins one, it, he uh, see. I I think I got to go back on what I said earlier. I think if he wins one, he cracks my top ten. If he wins more than one, he'll crack my. He's top not five. in your top ten already. I don't think so. He's so good. You just made an argument that he has the best of both worlds when it comes to what we were talking about with these yeah. two. And I know he hasn't completely put it together yet. But it's there. It's that and, wall. And for me, it, it absolutely. Uh, when I say he crashed my top ten, he's like nine or ten. Right. So uh, you know, I don't think that I'm not trying to say he's like sixth or seventh. But so the and that's the thing though is like when I'm watching him doing supercross because I have two completely two completely different views of this guy. Um, when I'm watching him outdoor, I'm constantly I constantly have the Jaws theme playing in my head. It's dun dun. He's creeping. Right. You're just waiting for for like you're waiting on the for him to, Yeah, you're waiting for him to take first. That's just what yeah. it is. If he's not already in first, you're waiting for him to take first. In Supercross, I have the exact opposite. I, I'm like, when is he gonna poop his pants? Yeah. When is it going? He'll to get be a worse? whole shot, and halfway through, if somebody's giving him pressure, you're like, "Oh, he's going to go down." If nobody's right. giving him pressure, he runs away with it. Fine. And even if it's not on a race by race basis, I'm just looking at the season as a whole, and I'm like, at some point, this guy's going to poop his pants. And that that to me is just right it's now. so off. It's so off putting because there there's these two these two sports happening, and they're you know they're different in a lot of ways, but they're similar in a lot of ways too. And it's just for me, seeing this this gut this gut reaction to him racing motocross, and I'm like, this guy is the greatest ever. And then contrasting that with this guy just can't put it together. It Supercross. averages out to it averages to out to average. Just, yeah, average. <laughs> um, I I can definitely see that point. Um, I think breaking, but to your point, breaking through that wall in Supercross. Um, means you can less discount super right so right now you're saying that you know motocross has him way the hell up here and supercross has him way way down here because he just can't do anything in supercross it's just not as good but if he breaks through that wall that brings that whole average up for every time he wins so 
maybe he doesn't crap top five. This is a discussion we'd have to have, you know, yeah. should he win the Supercross championship this year? He's got For me, he's got to be close to it, cracking top five with just one because he's that good. Right. And now that average comes way up. So we're definitely going to – we're going to – we should discuss the poll, you know. We'll see what – I'm sure there are going to be yeah, plenty of people with a lot of really interesting perspectives on this um, because – He's such a he's such an enigma. How do you figure him out? Like his that you know the talent is there, you know the work ethic is there, and he just can't seem to put it together in Supercross. Right. So um, I want to see what other people's perspectives. So that's definitely the poll question. Does one or more Supercross championships put Eli on the? We'll call it top five, or yeah. just on the on a list of greatest of all time. The, top yeah, 10? yeah. We'll just say does does one or more Supercross championship put Eli Tomac in the list of greatest riders ever? Perfect. And just have a yes or no and see what people say. Now let's let's qualify that a little bit more. Okay. All right. Let's actually let's say because greatest could be a top one hundred. I don't want to do that. I want to actually put does does one or more Supercross championships put Eli Tomac on the list of top five greatest riders of Perfect. all time? Perfect. Yeah. Because I know that there are some people who answered in this poll who the, the, the they think he deserved poll, to be in that poll. Yeah, the, the top two greatest of all time. So. Right. So yeah, and I just to answer the poll for me for myself, uh, not to sway anybody, but I, I think one puts him in the top five, but at five. Okay. And I think more than one suddenly starts launching him upwards and see where it finishes. Yeah, I think one, one after what I just discussed as far as the averaging out thing, I think one probably puts him in the six or seven range. For so me. close, damn close to it, damn but not, close, quite, but top not five. quite top five. I, I can't even argue. I think that somewhere in that range, right? Like he, you suddenly you're talking about him on that list of close to top five riders of all time. Right. Damn it, Eli, do it. I want to have these discussions. Yeah. Um, and you look, um, I've t- we've talked about how back and forth I've been on this guy. I am rooting for him this year because I think he deserves it. I think with his work ethic and his talent, uh, he deserves to win one. And I want to, I want to put him there because he's, it's, he's so transcendent in our current generation of riders that I think he deserves to be there. I'd like to see him win one. All right, man. This is this is going to be interesting. I'm really looking forward to see. Uh, I mean, first of all, I. I I think I got the results that I was looking for in this week's this past week's polls, um, which of of which there was almost I think there was almost fourteen hundred votes. There was like almost eight eight hundred total comments that we got on it. There was a ton of engagement. I got the result that I thought I was going to get pretty much. Um, I know you were a little bit surprised by how close they were. Um, yeah, until but, until I realized that you used you know we used the word. A word Talented, that changed the qualifier. Right. It changed the qualifier, but um, I yeah, I'm I'm really looking forward to see because uh, we didn't even mention Tomac in this poll last week, and, and people his, were mentioning people him. were mentioning him. So I'm really looking forward to see. What Do you think there's of, enough people out there that think he already deserves to be in the top five? We'll see. I think what we're I think we're gonna find out. Yeah, yeah. let's put so let's put that poll out there. We'll discuss the poll. So next week we're gonna discuss the poll results uh, yep. for the Eli poll. Um, we also got Monster Energy Cup. Yep. Uh, next week. That's next week, right? So nineteenth. We'll, so we will discuss uh, the Monster Energy Cup. We'll, we'll talk a little bit about that on next week's episode. So we definitely got a, a, a run of things that we we're going to be talking about next week. So we'll save the point system uh, discussion yeah. for maybe another day. Uh, so Monster Energy Cup. We're going to wrap up the Eli poll next week, and then we'll, we'll put out a new poll. And I think it's something you know I want to do each week. Um, and same thing, let's pick some comments. You know, if you guys have a really good comment or perspective, throw it on the poll. And, and you know, if if we think it adds adds to our conversation, we'll, we'll feature it here on the podcast. You're talking dirty now, talking about throwing it on the poll there, Steve. Throw it on the poll. 
<laughs> Listen, yeah. after the night I had, no, I'm just <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So find the go to the uh, Power to the Ground podcast Facebook page, and you can go uh, interact with that poll if you got your comments. Make your arguments, make your cases. Like Steve said, we'll feature them, and uh, yeah. Also, give us some shout out names, man. I, I, I am all about shouting out people who have, have yeah, taken the it. time to listen to all our all yeah, of our podcasts because it's, it's incredible to hear. First of all, Steve and I are getting way more listens on this podcast than I think either one of us thought we would. This, I mean, what? So, how many episodes? This is episode uh, 13? 13 or fourteen. Thirteen or fourteen. So, I'm sorry, I, I haven't been keeping track. But if you were to tell me less than fifteen episodes into this, we'd have as many listens as we have, I probably wouldn't have believed you. <laughs> you know, so uh, thanks you to everybody who has taken the time to listen because that's that is so um, so rewarding and and humbling to know that. People don't hate my voice as much as I do. <laughs> it's, it's clearly it's not as bad as I thought it was. Yeah, there, yeah. Well, yeah, there's that. There's that. There's that. So, you know, definitely thank you for all the listens. This is definitely growing um, faster than I think either of us could have expected. And hopefully we can just continue making that happen. Yep. And you guys uh, keep doing what you're doing. Um, we love the engagement. And keep engaging with us and we'll keep having stuff to talk about and we love talking about it with you um, like steve said you know we could just have this conversation on our own but the fact that you guys are coming back at us and having the conversation with us it makes it totally worth it absolutely so jesse i got nothing else man you ready for monster energy cup next week oh you have no idea how ready for monster energy cup so i am just, the, the more racing we get to watch and talk about the more ha- the happier i am so i'm definitely looking yeah, forward to it me too you got anything else for these guys bud no man let's wrap I've it got, i've got my monster energy cup on right now wow yeah all right in my pants i'm gonna go take a nap no <laughs> <laughs> so you have fun with that <laughs> thank you so much for listening we'll talk to you guys next week see you later peace